Hey there, podcast listeners. Exciting news. My new audiobook, The Short Book Formula, a financial professional's guide to writing a book in six weeks to attract ideal clients, is out now. And the best part, for a limited time, we're offering this audiobook to you for free. Hurry over to www.theshortbookformula.com and claim your copy now. And now, on to our show. Hey everyone, this is Paul McManus, and I am the host of the Million Dollar Producer Show. And today we have a very special guest with us, Mark Larrabee. Mark is the CEO of Attorney Tax Savings, and he helps attorneys and partners at law firms all around the country save a significant amount of money on their taxes. Um, and so, Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Now, before we get into some specific um, cases that I think will be very um, interesting and useful for any attorney watching this, tell us a little bit more about, you know, in, 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 in my experience, a lot of advisors um, typically are very general in terms of who they serve, but here you are, you're in Colorado, um, and you serve attorneys nationwide. What was it that attracted you to working with attorneys and partners at law firms? Well... I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and 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 my f family produces hot rod shows. And I Ooh. left, yep, largest producer in the world. Hey. And I left in 1988 uh, for family reasons. It worked out really well. But I moved to Colorado Springs, and I needed a new career. And so I got into financial services. I actually, in those days, they had a test that you would take. And I flunked the test. If you got like 17... <laughs> You were doing pretty good. You had a chance of success. I got a four. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and I did that three different companies and I got the same score everywhere, four or five. Um, but a, a guy offered me a job and I got into the business. And, you know, when you start, you are a generalist, yeah. as you call it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Paul, do you need auto insurance? I sell it. Do you need health insurance? I right. sell it. <laughs> exactly. Renters insurance? <laughs> you should have that. I sell that, you know. Um, life insurance? Oh, my God. I'll take you to dinner, you know. So, sure. There you uh, go. <laughs> so that's where you start. But then you you find out what you like and, and, you know, where you're good and where you're bringing value. And so health and auto and renters and all that, that, that went by the wayside very quickly for me. Yeah. Um, I did money under management for a while. I decided that um, I don't believe I can bring value in that world. That's, mm. a, that's a whole conversation we could have that I'm happy to share. I have some pretty interesting and uh, factual data to back that up, actually. Um, and so I got out on money under management, and, and I was fortunate enough, I was doing some marketing to AM100 law firms. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to go to a firm up in Seattle, Washington, and made a presentation. And um, it took a year, but they ended up executing this transaction. And then I worked with a smaller firm, three partners uh, in New Jersey, and we did that. And then I worked with a couple individual lawyers. And, you know, I think some people think lawyers are like life insurance salesmen or car salesmen. They're not nice people. Mm. I, I can tell you I've had the opposite experience that when you talk to these real quality high-end lawyers, uh, they're ethical, they're moral, they're smart, they're person, you know, they have great personalities. And so they're, they're the kind of people you want to do business with. Um, 
and and I've really enjoyed it. So that's kind of how I got in. I started marketing, and then the further in I get, the more I like it. So really, all I do today is market to lawyers, um, firms, and individuals uh, across the U.S. I strongly believe that it's 2018, I think. Uh, still, yep, another, another 10 days or so. <laughs> 2020, 2022, somewhere in there. Nobody's going to be meeting face-to-face anymore. Mm. It's just not efficient. And so I feel like I'm one of the pioneers just because I don't know everybody else is trying to do it. But, um, you know, most of my work is done on Zoom. And um, I feel like I can, I can develop a really great relationship and understand somebody and their concerns and, and backwards, you know, they can see me and get comfortable. And, um, you know, will we meet eventually? I hope so. Uh, but that's not a requirement anymore. Yeah. You mentioned um, that you, one of the, your key clients, one of the um, key firms that you worked with is an AM100 law firm. Can you share a little bit more detail about what was it that you specifically helped them with? Well, uh, are, you, are you familiar with the term BOLI? Yes. Bank-owned life insurance. Mm-hmm. So banks for 30 years now haven't been investing in especially designed life insurance packages. And today, 2018, there's 190 billion billion in cash value in Boley. So the smartest, some of the smartest financial people on this planet are bank um, managers to the big banks. Wells Fargo's got 42 billion or 30 billion. You know, I, I can pull those numbers up and be exact, but, but all the banks are buying Boley and they're buying it because they've realized that if it's built correctly, it's an asset class. Yeah. And so when I, now, now every AM 100 firm is different. So some are partnerships, some are C-Corps, some have benefits for their partners outside health insurance. Some don't. Um, you know, I was joking with the managing partner of this firm uh, a couple months ago, and I said, I'm trying to do another one. And he said, well, how's it going? And I said, well, I figured out what I need. I need a managing partner that's a bit of a dictator <laughs> with a finance background. And he just started laughing. <laughs> I can imagine. So, <laughs> but, it, but it's true. So in their particular fact pattern, it got easier because they do have a obligation to the partner if he dies on the job. So if you were a partner at that firm and you passed away while you were an active partner, they would owe your wife or your heirs some money. And so they were funding that with term insurance. And I simply showed them how it would not only cost them any money anymore, but it would turn into the largest asset the firm has. And it has. Very cool. Very taking cool. some time, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not, I mean, I'm not a magician, um, but you know, you have to realize the markets are very, very efficient. So anytime you see something that doesn't make sense, it probably doesn't. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, if you think stocks aren't going to perform bonds over the next 30 years, I'm going to tell you, you need to go back to school because that's the way our country is built. Yeah. So, so there, there's things you can do. 
I remember in one of our past conversations, you had said that the, um, that the firm, um, that they hadn't yet figured out what to do with this new asset that they had. They were still trying to figure out how to, how to um, you know, use the money or use the asset. Have they figured that out yet? No. If, <laughs> if, I, if I understand the AM100 world correctly, and I think I do, it's yeah. all about profits per partner. Yeah. So you've looked at those lists just like I have. Sure. And over on the far right, you can say, you know, this firm's, Average profits per partner is 300 grand, and this firm sitting in Washington, D.C. is 600,000, and this firm in L.A. sitting in, you know, Los Angeles County, they're at six or 700,000, and so their goal is to get up profits per partner. So the fact that they now have this large cash asset, mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out how to apply it to profits per partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's other things they can do. They can buy their building. Sure. You know, they, they can buy one of their buildings. Uh, they're in I, I don't know, 10, 10 states. They could buy one of their buildings today. They got enough money. Uh, they could buy another one, you know, two, three years down the road, and they could slowly own their, their buildings, as an example. And would that raise profits per partner? I think it would because you wouldn't be paying rent. Yeah. And you're giving your partners, I mean, depending on how you structure it, another benefit. So, uh, but, but in answer to your question, not, no, they haven't decided what to do with it yet. Um, <laughs> it's a good problem. a couple hours on it. That's a good problem. In, in the yeah. meantime, it's sitting on the corporate books, growing tax-free. Yeah. Now, um, as an example, so, so this, this, this transaction and this client of yours that's an AM100 firm, and you work at the, at the firm level, but I also know that you do work with individual partners, um, whether it's an AM100 or a smaller firm. Um, can you give us a sense of the kinds of opportunities you're seeing to help partners at firms significantly reduce their taxes above and beyond what the firm is doing? Well, that's kind of changed over the years. So, I mean, the first thing is simple. I have this a software that we built. Um, I say we, I didn't, but I have access to it. Sure. Um, and we call it the tax trap, and it's relatively simple. What it does is it shows you how much you can expect to have in your pension plan. I, I should preface this. Mm -hmm. Most lawyers are saving money in pension plans, and it's kind of a pyramid. You know, They start with their IRA, and then they go to their SEP, and then they go to the 401k, and then they go to their defined contribution plan. Those are all forms of that. And then they go up to a defined benefit plan where they can put away three, dollars $400,000 a year on a tax-deductible basis for some period of time. And so they're building very large numbers in qualified money. And I don't know what you consider large numbers, but I'm talking six, eight, ten million dollars <laughs> in qualified money. And so in a very quick basis, I can show them how much it's going to be, how much they're going to have to take out in retirement, whether they want to or not, RMD, yeah. required minimum distribution, and how much they could take if they wanted to and spend it down to zero, how much the tax is going to be and how to discount that tax. That's a pretty simple process, but that kind of starts the whole. Well, well, well you say it's simple. Um, I mean, for you, it's simple because you're the expert and you have the tools. Um, let me ask the question is for the, the attorneys and the partners that you're working with, do they generally know these numbers? Um, do, do, do they have an they generally have a They generally have a good sense of the accumulation phase, we call okay. it. 
sure. what, what they're going to have at 65 or 70. I'm going to have this much money, I think, based on, you can do that on Google. You don't need me for that. You know, sure. that's, that's a fairly simple uh, calculation. You can just go to an investment calculator and, and get that. What nobody really focuses on is what, the, what does that mean for me? Yeah. And then the other conversation I have around that is, and I'll, you know, I'll give you a loaded question, Paul, because I like doing that. Um, it's, it's more fun for me. So are we in a low tax bracket historically or a high tax bracket right now? Um, we're probably at the lowest tax bracket will be for any one of our lifetimes. So historically, it runs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We think 35 is horrible because this is all we know. Sure. <laughs> but, Everything's but, <laughs> right. There's a good chance things are going up. So we have conversations about all that. And, you know, and let me let me first say I'm a big believer that you, you do fund up that pension plan as far as you can. Okay. The question then is now what do we do with it? Yeah. So, um, you know, so if you can put away two, three hundred grand and get a tax deduction for that money up front and then let it grow tax free. Yeah, you're going to pay taxes on the backside. And, and yeah, they might be higher, but it's still the first thing I would do. Hmm. is fund that retirement plan. And so one thing I do quite often uh, for, for smaller firms is I set up those retirement plans for them. Okay. I mean, I, I set them up. I don't, you know, I have resources. I, I belong to the largest, we call it a producer group. I mean, I have these uh, associates that are way smarter than me that do very specialized things for the right fact pattern. So my job in my world is to find out where you're sitting and what what might bring you the best value mm -hmm. and then i actually have my associates present it to you yeah well you could do this and you kind of run through the numbers and say well, that's good you could do this oh my god i love that you know yeah. okay well that do that you know so <laughs> um, so I, I feel like we can bring value more more often than not yeah you know not all the time Sometimes people are doing a great job and good for them. All, then all I can do is say you're doing a great job. You know? Well, so so tell me a little more about that. So you know the the um, attorneys and the and the law firms that you work with. I mean, these are very smart people. Um, they're typically very successful people. They've been doing this for years. They're making big incomes. And so um, my assumption is is that they already have typically you know CPA advisors and whatnot. Where is it that you're filling in a gap? that they may not be aware of or, or, or share more about that if you would. Sure. Let, let's start with the CPA, but then I want to come back to the advisor sure. and I'm going to call it their investment broker, not their advisor. Okay. Their investment broker. So let's talk about the CPA for a minute. Um, you know, if you go to the average CPA in LA uh, and he's got, you know, one of his clients is this AM 100 lawyer, you know, that's making a million dollars a year. This is not an un common fact pattern. Yeah. How many clients does that CPA have that are making a million dollars a year? Probably about one to 10, if that. <laughs> not that many. <laughs> and so he's not working in this world. And so he's not seeing everything that's there. I mentioned, I don't do all this. I have associates. So I don't know how to do all this stuff, but it's out there. And, and it's not necessarily tax aggressive. In fact, I don't actually believe in tax evasion. I think uh, last time I checked, that's not a good idea. Um, <laughs> so, but there are things you can do that are not commonly marketed. 
Because if you're on the other side and you're the guy providing the service, you know, there's not very many, it's less than 1% of the population that would find your product attractive. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's marrying those two and saying, look, I got the one guy, he's part of the 1%. Yeah. And I, over here, I got the guy that knows how to do something. So, um, well, well, I mean, it, it brings up a good point, right? So just using that as an example, you know, if you're, if you're using, say, a local CPA, and to your point, you know, they don't typically work with, um, you know, these, these very high income, high net worth attorneys, um, they're not the expert in all these things. Um, where, where you conversely, which is very interesting, you know, you are in Colorado, you work um, with attorneys and law firms around the, the country, but that's all you do day in, day out, is that you focus on um, attorneys and law firms that are really in that top percentage, and you know all of the strategies um, that are either available. doesn't mean that you're the expert at them. As you've said before, you know, right. you, you identify together and you bring in, you know, if it's a little bit outside of your core wheelhouse, you bring in the exact expert who is that person, but you're able to identify those things very, very quickly. Yes. And that little tax trap thing, I'll call it little just because it takes about 10 or 15 minutes. Sure. That helps to start the process. Sure. Because, you know, I'm gathering some data and I'm getting a sense of who you are and what drives you and what your concerns are. And then, you know, if we work together, I'm going to want to know most things because I don't want to do something for you that doesn't fit your overall plan. Sure. So I'm going to want to work with your CPA, not against them. Sure. I'm going to want to work with your investment broker, not against them. Sure. Well, and, 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 and that's the other thing, which I think is very unique about you, is that you, know, you really take uh, what I would call a needs discovery approach. I think you call it a fact-finding approach. And it's not, okay, I have this one solution. This one solution is going to um, you know, solve all problems. You, know, um, you, you really take the time to get to know the person, um, perhaps their partners, perhaps their, their wife or spouse, um, and really find out what their priorities are um, before you ever get into what a solution may or may not be. Would that be accurate? That would be accurate. So some people are driven by, I have a client I'm working with right now on the East Coast, and he's got three pensions going right now. <laughs> and he's at an AM100 law firm and he's going to get a fourth one. Okay. So he said, I think I've overdone it. Uh, uh, yes, sir, you, you've overdone it. Good for you. Good for you. Well, and I also have these assets and these assets and these assets. And so his whole driving force, if you will, is how do I make sure I'm good to go? If I live to 110, I want to know that I'm fine and, you know, I'm safe. And if I need long-term care, I want to know that's covered. And I need all that. But having said all that, he is good to go. So now what can I leave my kids? And how can I do that best? Um, you know, and how can I make it the biggest number I can? And what does that all look like? You know, you can create these days foundations and you can reward behavior by your, by your, um, by your descendants, uh, you know, two generations, three generations down the road. So you can do a lot of really great things for your family and people that you care about and things that you care about. I got another guy that's, you know, really into the Middle East and getting people over there to educate. And, you know, he, he wants to build a foundation that's doing that now while he's alive and doing that later when he's gone. Um, so, yeah, to every, every case is different. Everybody's got it. You know, and then, then there's people, um, 
that all they want to do is, is build wealth. Sure. Well, we'll talk to me about that a little bit. I mean, so I know one of the, I think, drivers for a lot of people that you work with is um, not just wealth, but legacy, whether that's, you know, whether it's their children, whether it's um, um, charitable works, whether it's wealth. Can you speak a little bit about a legacy? And maybe it's the individual, maybe it's, you know, the, the, the managing partner of the firm. You know, what is it that you help them establish in terms of helping them clarify their goals and what's possible? At that AM100 firm that I work with, you know, at the end of the day, I said, we're going to build a $30 million pot of money. Would you like that? He said, um, <laughs> I would really like that to be my legacy, that when they come in here 20 years from now and that money's sitting in the firm, they say, yeah, he did it. Yeah. So from a corporate viewpoint, that was his legacy. Um, you know, usually, personally, legacies are running around your heirs. Yeah your children, mm -hmm. your grandchildren, sure. a lot of times the grandchildren, because these guys, gals, a lot of these successful attorneys are 60. I'm 62. You know, if my kids aren't good to go by now, uh, my money's probably not going to help them. Sure. I mean, they're in their twenties and thirties, so they, they should be out there working and, you know, doing their thing. Um, but, you know, but to be able to help, we're going to come into times of crisis. In fact, I think we're looking at one right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to come into those. So to have this nest egg over here, this trust account that could, you know, help with challenges um, is, is pretty attractive to most people. I think, I think that's amazing. Um, I want to talk about investing for a minute because you sure. said CPAs and then I said investment broker. Yeah, so, 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 so I said advisors and then you said investment brokers. How do you distinguish right. that in, in your mind? Well, the, the lawyers I'm talking to are usually making quite a bit of money. And so how do you invest in the stock market? Well, the two most common ways are mutual funds mm -hmm. and picking stocks. And what I'm seeing is that most of these wealthy attorneys have a stockbroker. Hmm. They do not buy mutual funds. And see, now I mentioned to you that I, I managed, I don't know, $30 million at one point in my career. You know, I was doing money under management. And this is a true story. Um, I'm managing 30 million. I'm pretty good at it, you know. Hmm. Um, I'm working it hard. My assistant is 60 years old and she starts this breakfast investment club. Hmm. with three of her little old lady buddies mm -hmm. and every, every week they go out for coffee and they pick their stocks. They beat me for two years running. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had to say, why, why? And yeah. so, and the reasons are there and I can, I can share them. I don't know. I'll show you what I take on that, but the reasons are there. These mutual fund companies, one there, there's a lot of ways they can cheat, but mm -hmm. even if they're not cheating, they have very big limitations. So if they think, you know, this is the next greatest stock on the planet, nope. uh, they can they can buy like 2% of it nope. as part of their overall portfolio. Whereas Judy, my, you know, <laughs> old assistant, she, she I'm, I'm tripling down, man. <laughs> you know? so, and, and what I do know today is, I mean, you can Google this. What I do know today is that uh, 80% of the mutual funds out there underperform their index in a given year. So let's talk about the S&P 500. The S&P 500, you can go buy the Vanguard fund for five basis points. That's what it costs. That's a management fee. 
<laughs> or you can go buy a mutual fund that's got a one to two percent disclosed expense ratio. And I say disclosed because it's more, you just don't know it. Uh, and they're going to, 80% of them are going to underperform the index anyway. Mm. Um, and then the 20% that do overperform it, the second year they never do. So I'm going to argue that stock pickers are a lot better than mutual funds. And then I'm going to argue that indexed product is better than indexes. And that's a conversation maybe we could have another time. But um, hmm. there's index product where you can get the returns of the index without the volatility. And I think that's, you know, for part of your portfolio, that's a great solution. I'm not trying to replace your great stock picker, uh, you know, that's getting 10, 20, 50, you know, 20%. That's great. But you got somebody you're trying to earn five to 10 on or three to seven on. And that's where the stuff really comes in play. Well, so, so, so expand upon that. So, you know, we talked about how, you know, one of the challenges with your people CPAs typically is that they don't, they're not specialized in this area. Um, also the um, investment person, typically that's the one thing that they do so that, you know, when you're talking to them, that's, they're always going to be talking about the one solution, um, how to make it better and how to improve upon that. Um, what I think is so unique and um, about you and the work that you do Tell us a bit more um, about how is it, I mean, you're most like the quarterback, right? You're most like the quarterback that these top attorneys and law firms need um, to really identify the opportunities. And then you bring the resources to the table specific to them, how it makes sense, if it makes sense. Can you expand upon that at all? Yeah, I, I can try. Um, I mean, first of all, there is something I do myself. So people inside that producer group look at me for a certain thing. Sure, sure. Which is called this rich man Roth, which is a, uh, Bowling, it's bank-owned life insurance again. It's it's life insurance done in a way that it's an investment, absolutely not a death benefit. Uh, I'm very good at that. I don't mind saying, um, you know. But I I have an associate that knows how to take. He does two things at once. He'll take some of your pension money and turn it into a tax-free account. So it was going to be taxable in the pension, and he turns it into a tax-free account. And at the same time, he takes another asset of yours. Let's say your house or your broke part of your broke and he turns that into a Roth IRA. And when he does all those things, if you project it out 10 or 20 years, I don't care how you try to break it. Uh, you can't break the tax leverage. So, you know, you can say, well, what, what if it's six? What if it's four? What if this is seven? And not, nothing's going to matter. It's going to outperform because it's growing in a much more favorable environment. Um, and I don't do that. Another good example is, um, you know, if you're wait, gonna sell, wait, 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 you don't do it, but you, you, you I bring in the guy, bring in the guy. Yeah. I bring in the guy and he does it. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm, you're going to be my client, but he's going to design it and, and make sure it gets done correctly. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and, and if, if I meet with you and you're, you know, a relatively new firm, don't have to be new, but, but you've never heard of defined benefit plans and you're making money you're going to look at a defined benefit plan and say, why wouldn't I, where have you been? This guy the other day said, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> so, so he said, well, we're here now, you know, so uh, we're here now. So uh, do I do the third party administration on, on qualified plans? I do not. I take that to another firm that does that exclusively and helps you. Um, and am I there? Yes. I'm, I'm actually your, you're my client. But they're going to do the the backup work for us. Yeah, I got an, I got another associate 
that, that swears if you've got 100 employees or more, he can cut your health insurance premiums by half. Hmm. And I looked at all of his stuff, and he's not lying. <laughs> it's true. It's, it, he's got an article from Forbes. You can't always trust Forbes, right? But he's got an article from Forbes that predicts that in the next five years, 40% of that 100-employee marketplace will be doing this instead of what they're doing today. Hmm. 40%. Costco's doing it right now. Very cool. Which I think Costco's clearly a well-run company. <laughs> I buy there. <laughs> so, so. Are, are there any other um, specific fact patterns or cases that um, would be important to share? I don't know if it's about maybe transitioning or um, any others that come to mind that um, are relevant for, for the purposes of this discussion. I think, it, I, I mean, honestly, I would say something to the effect of if you're making a half a million plus, let's talk. If I can help you, I'll tell you I can, and I'll show you how. If I can't, I'll tell you I can't, and I'll tell you when we should talk again. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's all about, well, that's not exactly true. If, if you're making a half a million and you're spending 600 on lifestyle, I can't help you. <laughs> okay. So, but, but if you've got, I, think, I think we have a performance coach that we then. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's right. That's right. We do have somebody that can help them. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to change your lifestyle habits. Um, but I think it's really that. I think it's if you're, and, and these, guys, these, these people are making good money. You know, they're, they're successful in their careers. They've worked hard. Um, and, and so they're making good money. And, and my whole thing is, um, you know, how can we best help you to make sure you don't waste it yeah. and not end up where you could have been? Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit more about, you know, going back to, you mentioned it before that you think that what you're doing currently is the future in terms of working remotely with these clients. Um, tell us about what your experience with that's been and why is it the future to you? Why does it work for you? Well, I've been marketing to the legal community for about nine years now. And for the first six or seven, I flew to New York or DC or Seattle or wherever. And I traveled, uh, you'd have to ask my ex, but I'm going to say 150 days a year. <laughs> I think if we asked her, it'd be like 250. <laughs> it was a lot. I traveled a lot, you know, and, and I enjoy travel, but uh, not too often, but I'm going to say a third of the time we, I would get to New York for, you know, and they say something came up, can't be there. And they're not doing it, you know, for the wrong reasons. Uh, something came up and they, they live in a very uh, crisis oriented mm -hmm. world. Yeah. You know, um, I just got this case and I got to prepare, you know, I got to go to, I got to go in front of the judge next Tuesday. Well, yeah. I, I just got bumped rightfully. So, yeah. so, so that still happens to me all the time now. Um, and all we do is reschedule. I'll say, I can't do two o'clock. Okay. Next week, you know, Thursday, what day works for you. And we just move it. And it's, I'm sitting, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting in front of my computer. So if you'd have called this morning and said, you know, I can't do noon. We have to do next Tuesday. It really doesn't affect me to speak of. Yeah. And and vice versa. You know, on the other side. And the the other big difference though is this. It's this Zoom call 
It could be go to meeting, it could be anything, but where I can see you and you can see me. And why is that important? Well, um, I've done business now with people that I've never met, but hmm. we feel like we know each other, you know? Um, and, and is it nice to meet face to face eventually? Sure. But, uh, but you know, we read faces for a living, all of us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you can either get trust and you can do it just as well on zoom. And I'm actually more effective. I feel today doing this than I am walking in with a laptop. Mm. I, have three, I have three screens here, you know, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can have two screens up and ready to go and I can share stuff with you on a, you know, on a two second basis and say, this is what I'm talking about. Whereas if I'm in your office with a laptop, you know, I got to close that folder. I got to find that folder and you know, maybe I'm good at it. Maybe I'm not. Um, I'm not. Uh, so, so it's much more effective, I think, and a better use of time. I think also and time is money. Time is money. Sure. And, and as you said, it's it's for you as well as the people that you're dealing with, and especially yes. if you're dealing with attorneys that are you know in that five hundred thousand plus income bracket. Time's extremely valuable for both of you. Yes. Um, I think one 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 more area there is that you know especially as you bring in um, specific specialists or experts that uh, may be appropriate to the fact pattern that you're describing. You know, imagine that you know on on Zoom. You know, you have, you know, someone like Joel out in Los Angeles, you have you in Colorado, you have your um, client or prospect, you know, in, in Bethesda. In, in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, none of you had to travel, but it right. just gives you more ability to really offer the top notch solutions um, to the people that you're working with. And service, you know, go, go down the road. You know, now when you want to do your annual review, we don't book an hour long meeting in your office. You know, we got on the internet for 20 minutes and if we need a little more time, we schedule another 20 or whatever. I mean, everything's just more efficient. And, and I'm saying because of video capabilities, which you know better than me how long they've been around, but people are really starting to use them now, I think. And yeah. because of that, um, without that, I think it's a phone call and I'm just not sure you're going to get there. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think the phone call. Yeah. I was just talking to someone yesterday who I turned on to Zoom and, um, and I hadn't sp sp spoken to her for a few weeks. And, you know, of course, now I, I, I train everyone to get on Zoom. Um, and, and she's like, yep, yeah, it's hard to go back to the phone now. <laughs> it's just so hard. Because right. once you get used to this, you know, this, this is, I think, as you said, in some ways better than meeting in person for the reasons that you described. Um, and it's just more efficient, more effective. I mean, you know, it's, it's, is there any downside maybe? Is there any downside that you've seen in terms of um, this approach that you're using? I haven't seen downside. I will tell you, I have six kids. My uh, oldest son moved back to Michigan. I'm in Colorado. I came from Detroit. He moved back to Michigan to learn how to install hardwood floors. <laughs> I see him more now than I did when he lived here because we do zoom calls. <laughs> the old days he used to say, I'm going to come by at five o'clock and he never showed up. And, you know, Sorry, dad. I got, I got tied up. I, he's 24. I, I get it. Nowadays we do a zoom call, you know, Sunday at two o'clock. Let's, let's do a zoom call. And he's there. And so that's another good analogy of the difference. What's the downside? Um, I don't, I don't see one. I, I guess I'll think about that if I come up with something, I'll call you. But um, 
Well, well you know, I'll, I'll tell you what the downside is because I've been doing this for, I don't know, four, four years or more. I used, to have a, I used to have a completely local business. It was all about local, small community. In the past four years, I've been doing this remotely online. And here's the downside is that you have to figure out reasons to go outside. It's like, well. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Luckily, you got to get, get your Fitbit on. There you go. You got to exactly. try to make sure you get some steps. Because exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's easy to just sit right here and you know, like, do business. And I love what I do. So. I can go to Amazon. Yeah. I can order food. I can do all these things. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. this has been fantastic, Mark. Is there um, any questions or any, anything else that we haven't covered so far today um, that you think is important for someone watching this to be aware of? Uh, I think we've done a great job. The last thing I would say is know that the financial services industry, loosely speaking, has also progressed greatly. Hmm. So it's much easier to do business on the life insurance side, on the investment side than it used to be. So a lot of the uh, walls that were up are gone. I'll give you one last quick example. Mm -hmm. A good, good friend of mine here in town. He's a mechanic. He owns a mechanic shop. I've known Dwayne for 40 years and he's retiring and selling to his younger mechanic. Mm -hmm. Not a big sale or anything, you know? Um, and so Tom called me. That's the younger mechanic. He called me and he said, I need some life insurance. And I said, okay. He said, Mark, I'm in perfect health. He's like 44. I'm in perfect health. I can't even look at needles. <laughs> and I said, no problem. Penn Mutual will um, issue you a policy in, a, in, a, in an hour. They'll call you. They'll do a phone interview. If you're really in perfect health and your MVR is clean, uh, an hour later, they're going to have an offer on the table. You'll be good to go. They, they don't need blood anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. So, and, and we did. An hour later, we had a policy for 250 grand that he could use for his collateral assignment at the bank because he's financing through a small business loan. So, it's, and, you know, you can carry that out through all the other pieces, if you will. That, that AM100 firm, I, they have 500 partners and, you know, insured. Nobody's ever taken a physical. Hmm. Um, that's not true. One guy has after eight years, and that, that's because he messed <laughs> up. So, so, generally speaking, you know, so it's gotten easier. You should know that. Um, I, I think – it's gotten easier to do business and do business effectively and execute as well. So fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. Um, as yep. our guest on the million dollar producer show, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too. All right. Bye for now.